that they are blessed and they're blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, you can open your Bibles to, to John, the 14th chapter and the uh, 27th verse. John, the 14th chapter and the 27th verse. And while you're turning there, I want to thank you, uh, all of you that uh, contributed to my uh, 50th birthday and uh, were able to come to the party. And, and uh, I know some of you couldn't come last week, but you contributed. I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, you all bought me this, this, uh, this thing here, this tablet. And uh, I'm going to actually use it. I'm going to actually use it today. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I have my notes over there, so it, it belt and suspenders in case, you know, belt and suspenders, you know what that means, don't you? And, uh, but we'll give, it the, give this a go. I remember when I started teaching years ago, at, when we started the church, and uh, at that time I was a, a school teacher, I taught math, and so when I would be at school teaching, I would... Uh, when I had free time, I'd work on my sermons, my messages, you know, and, and I would use the back of um, old tests, old old math tests. I'd use the back for my notes, and I'd write the I'd write my notes my for preaching on the back of those math tests. I remember back in those days when we were up in the school, I would have my notes, and I'd be on on the front up here like this teaching. And the fellow, there was one fellow, he sat on the front row every week. And he would try to solve my math problems while I was, while I was teaching. So he, if he saw me now, he'd think I, we'd really come a long way. So, uh, amen. So we'll give this a go. Um, but thank you to all of you that, uh, that, that uh, made me feel real special. And I, and I don't look 50, do I? I look 49, but not 50, right? Okay, uh, John 14, 27. Let's get into the word of God. Jesus speaking here. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we're going to talk about the peace of God today. You could title it Wonderful Peace or Keeping the Peace, however you want it. The title doesn't really matter. It's, it's the word of God that matters. And notice Jesus gave us peace, didn't he? He said, my peace I give you. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, you know, there's various things going on in the world right now that could cause us to lose our peace. Is that right? I mean, we have that trouble in Syria. You know, will the United States attack Syria? That could be troubling to people um, and cause you to lose your peace. You know, the economy hasn't, hasn't been good over the last many years and there's so many people out of work and looking for work and struggling to, to make ends meet. And uh, that can cause you to lose peace. And there, there's so many things that can cause you to lose your peace. Yet Jesus said that he gave us his peace. Now, it's interesting to read. If, now, we, where were we? We're, we were in John 14. But if you look at John, the 20th chapter, let's go to John, the 20th chapter. Now, it's interesting. He gave them peace. In John 14, but now we're over in John 20, and notice verse 19, John 20, verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, 
where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace, notice again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then if you look at verse 26, after eight days, now this is eight days later. His disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, what did he say to him? He said, what? Peace be to you. Why did Jesus keep saying, peace be to you? Why why did he keep saying that over and over again? Well, there's much you could say, but one thing I think that, that we need to look at here, the reason he kept saying that to them over and over again is because peace is so easy to lose. And he wanted them to have it. But peace is so easy to lose. How many has ever lost your peace? I mean, you had it one minute and just within, as a phone call comes or a letter comes, you go to your mailbox at work and there's a pink slip. You know what the pink slip? You got two weeks and you're relieved from your job or an email comes. Letter in the mail comes, whatever. How many of you, if you're like me, you've ever lost your peace just just real quick? So easy to lose. See, unlike salvation, when you repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you get saved, the Bible says we're sealed into the body of Christ. Salvation is almost impossible to lose. If you study the word of God, some people teach that it can never be lost and some people teach that you could lose your salvation every time you miss it. I believe, and I could teach for hours on this, I'm not gonna take the time today, but once you become a Christian and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with a repentant heart, you get sealed into the body of Christ and it's, it's basically almost impossible for somebody to lose their salvation if they truly got saved. You'd have to become a mature Christian and then you'd have to, uh, on purpose, I mean, on purpose, full well knowing what you're doing, walk away from the Lord and just curse him and walk away from him. I haven't seen anybody that's that's ever done that. If you're here today and you're worried that maybe you've lost your salvation, you know, just the fact that you're worried about it, concerned about it, tells me that you haven't, haven't lost it. Salvation's not easy to lose, but peace, your peace, your peace of mind, your peace of heart, you can lose that just that quick. Did, did you hear what I just said? And that's one of the reasons Jesus kept telling him, peace be to you, peace be to you, peace be to you, peace be to you, peace be unto you. And Paul, when he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he wrote the letters to the churches, to the churches, to you and me. Again and again, you can see him saying, peace be to you, peace be to you, peace be to you. Why is this? Because peace is what? It's so easy to lose. And God wants us to have peace. Real loud, say, God wants me. Now, come on, talk to me. Say, God wants me. Pretend you're at a football game. God wants me me. to have peace. peace. He does. One more time. God wants me me. to have peace. peace. All right. 
How many of you know we ought to get at least as excited about Jesus as we do football? Most Christians get more excited about football and baseball than they do Jesus. I want to get more excited about Jesus than that. How about you? Say, God wants me to have peace. Yeah, he does. And it's so easy to lose. I teach this message to you today confessing that I need to hear this as much as anyone. You can ask my wife. She lives with me. When an alarming report comes, I tend to lose my peace very easily. Very easily. Um, Some people, do you ever notice some people lose their tempers real easily? Have you ever noticed some people lose their tempers real easily? How many's ever seen somebody lose their temper? How many of you have ever seen a little kid lose their temper? How many of you have ever seen a 50-year-old man lose his temper? I've seen, I've seen 40 and 50-year-old, 60-year-old men that they'll lose at a tennis match or they'll, at something like that. I've already seen them slamming their, their tennis racket into the, into the fence. There's one pastor that he lost at a basketball game and he came over and he's kicking the bench like that. 50-year-old man. (laughs) It's easy to lose. Some people, it's easy to lose their temper, isn't it? How many of you got a problem with your temper? Okay, got one person. You don't have to vote. I don't see now. I don't have a problem along those lines. I, 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 I've lost my temper a few times. I remember te- you teach junior high for a while. Now I taught junior high, high school, and junior college math. I like junior college a lot better. But uh, I taught junior high, and there's this one day this girl, this little eighth grader. She was just she just driving everybody crazy, and she drove me crazy for a while. And then one day I flew off the handle. Has anybody ever flown off the handle? It's real hard for me to fly off the handle, but when I fly off the handle, how many are glad we can repent? But I remember this little girl, I started screaming at her and yelling at her in my classroom, and I ran around, and she started turn. She'd turn, and I'd run around this side screaming at her, and then she'd turn, and then I ran around, and I was screaming and yelling at her. I put her in tears. When I got done, she was shaking. I looked over at the door. There were eight or ten teachers standing there. And when it was all over, they came to me in the teacher's lounge later, most of them, and said, way to go, boys. <laughs> Give it to her. But I, I mean, you've got to really do some stuff to push me to that point. But peace, now that's a whole different thing. I can lose my peace just, if I lose it at a, t- at a tennis match or a golf match or bowling, how many likes to lose? I don't like to lose, but just because we lose at a sport doesn't mean we have to lose our temper. Is that right? Is that right? So, so I mean, I don't like to lose, but you're not going to see me out there when I hit a bad shot. I might go, oh, rats or something like that. But I'm not going to take my golf club and start beating it into the ground or wrapping it around a tree. See, people that do that, they lose their temper. So I don't have a problem with that. But, but I have a problem losing my peace. I really have a problem in this area. I struggle with this. Yeah, but you're the pastor. You... I'm just telling you. And does God want us to have peace? Does he want us to have it all the time? Is it easy to lose? Yeah, very easy. 
Now, you may not struggle in this area, but, but I do. And so I want to go through a few scriptures here to show you how, and me, all of us, to maintain God's peace. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. How to maintain, how to keep the peace of God, how to keep it. Just a few scriptures. Not going to preach long here, just a few scriptures. How to maintain God's peace and not lose it. How to maintain God's peace and not lose it. Now look here at 2 Peter 1 verse 2. says, grace and peace. Notice, and peace be what? Be multiplied is what the New King James says. Be multiplied to you. How many of you, you'd like to not only have peace, but you'd like to have it multiplied. You'd like to have a whole lot of it. Be, it didn't say added to you, it said multiplied. Multiplication is, is, is rapid, repeated addition. So God wants us to have a whole lot of peace multiplied. But notice how that happens to you in the what? In the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one way to have the peace of God multiplied and to have it maintained is through the knowledge of God the Father and through the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, Can you say amen? Yeah. So we need to know God. And not just know about God. You know there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God? Uh, The president of the United States, I know about him, but I don't know him. I've never spoken with him. Do you understand that? George Washington, first president. I uh, know about him, but I don't know him. I've never spoke with him. Abraham Lincoln, what number was he? 16. 16. Three people know that? <laughs> I know about him, but I don't, I don't know him. I never spoke with him. See, there's a lot of people know about God, but they don't know him. But if you really know him, if I really know him and, and, and understand some things about his word... That tells us right here in this verse that that will help us to maintain the peace of God and have it multiplied. Notice Isaiah 26 verse 3. Let's go there. Isaiah 26 verse 3. This is, uh, this is really, this next, all these scriptures are great of course, but this one here perhaps maybe even the best one that we're going to share on this subject. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Watch this. You, speaking of God, will keep him. Or you or me talking about people there. You, God, will keep him or her in what? In perfect peace. Notice, keep him in. See, it's easy to lose your peace. Keep him in perfect peace. Who's what? Whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. You see, if you want to keep or if I want to keep the peace of God, we're going to have to keep our mind stayed or we could say fixed on God and his word. Now, I'll tell you right there, that's the only way. I mean, there's other things we could say, but I'd say this is the main way. And it goes right along with that verse we just read, having the knowledge of God. But you've got to fix your mind. I have to fix my mind on the word of God, on God, the word of God, and I have to keep my mind there or I won't stay in peace. 
You will lose the peace of God unless you keep your mind fixed on him. You know, I said a while ago, I, I lose my peace very easily. And uh, like when a, when, when, when a bad report comes, a negative report, my, my mind, my brain will go in 10,000 different directions. Anybody ever have that happen? And, and, and I'll, start, I'll start thinking that things are going to happen that, you know, it's, it's bizarre some of the stuff that, you know, just, just the report comes. Uh, do any of you ever go for annual tests for just screenings for things, you know? And, and if, 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 a, uh, if a report comes where the doctor calls and says they want to take another picture, Anybody know Fred, ever see Fred Sanford? You young people, God bless you. All they got is junk on today. You see Fred Sanford, you know. Anybody remember that? So Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. That was, a, remember that? How many remembers that? That's not all junk on today, most of it. Fred Sanford. Anybody ever see Fred go into one of these? So they, they call on the phone and say, you know, you came in for your annual report and they, they just, they want to take another picture. Now, what, what, did that, what did that report say? They want to what? Take a, they want to what? Did it say you have terminal cancer and you've got three months to live? Now, it said you, they want to take a what? Another picture. Did it say you've got terminal cancer and you got three months to live did it did did it paint a picture of you laying in a hospital bed with all kinds of needles stuck in you where, where you're breathing on a ventilator did it say that now what did it say they want to take a what all they wanted was another but why does our brain start going in all these different directions. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? And I've had this happen a few times over the years. And you know what? Every time they've took another picture, guess what? It was nothing. Absolutely nothing to worry about. But yet I'll go for, you know, because wouldn't it be nice when they say they want to take another picture if you could just go over there right then and get another picture? Sometimes you got a call and it take you could be a week before they take another picture and then it could be another week before they get back to you. Is that right? And then and then and at that time, however long it is, you know, <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? How many understands what I'm saying? If you don't, then I guess you're just not human. I mean, I've 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 But why do we get a call saying they want to take another picture and all of a sudden we you know we go through all of this and you got, you, you know, you, you, you see yourself laying there on the bed, dead, and this, that, and the other. It's because our mind is not staying what? Staying what? Fixed? Say fixed on God. Fixed on God. I mean, that's it in and of a nutshell right there. That's it. Your mind is not staying fixed on God. As the report comes, you know, your boss says, wants to talk to you. 
Huh? Oh, I just know he's going to tell me I've got two weeks. And your mind can just, you know, and the meetings with your boss isn't going to be for three days. So you've got three days to, right? Is this, is this helping you at all? Are you shocked that I go through this stuff? I, I, it, it just, you know. I mean, I, I, I've gotten to the point, you ever watch that one movie where that guy was going down with the sharks? He went in that cage and he's going down in the sharks for in the cage and, and, and he said, I ain't got no spit. How many remembers that? Have you ever been so scared you ain't got no spit? I know that might not be the best thing to say in church, but it, how many's ever been that? How many, how many of you know there's a spirit of fear? Do you know there's a spirit of fear? It comes sit down on you and it, 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 it's actually almost pinned me in, in a chair before where I couldn't get up and couldn't hardly walk across the room. Mouth dry. All because they said they wanted to take a picture or somebody wanted to talk to me. I mean, I've, I've had this so bad where, where the phone will ring and now you gotta remember, I was raised in a house where fear was predominant. And my mother was raised in a house where fear was more predominant than what she raised me in. And when the phone, I remember my mother, when the phone would ring, it's got to be bad news. Uh, You ask my wife, even to this day, I've been in the ministry under the anointing of God, prayed for hundreds of people healed and this and other, but the phone sometimes will ring and what will I do? I'm exaggerating a little bit, okay. I'm exaggerating in a good way. All right. But you have seen me. Oh my gosh. Well, if the boss wants to talk to you, maybe he wants to give you a raise. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I've already, I've already had uh, people, you know, they call a meeting with me over the many years of pastoring and they want, they want to meet with, with me. You know, a lot of times when people want to meet with you, it's for, you know, it's, it's for what, like the last supper, you know, it's, it's, you know, tell you you're going to leave. I, and so, you know, uh, and it gets to a point where I like to know what I'm talking to be talking about before I meet with somebody, you know, but I've already had, oh my gosh, they're going to come in and tell me something bad. And I've, so many times it's not that at all. I've had times where people come in and said, you know, <laughs> I, I don't hardly ever talk like this, but they'll come in and say, you know, here's the Lord wanted, there's a tithe check for the church. It's, you know, we didn't want to put it in the offering because it's so large. Didn't want it to run through that. Just wanted, you know, didn't want anybody at the counters to even know. Now you see, I'm worried for days because somebody wants to meet with me. And all the time it's a blessing coming. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I boring you? How many of you, you've ever thought something bad was coming, but it, it didn't work out bad at all? It was good. How many, of you t- how many of you, you've spent time worrying that was wasted time? One preacher said it this way. It's real good. He said, he said worrying is like paying interest on a loan you may never have to borrow. Is that right? How many of you paying interest bad enough, but if you didn't loan, take the money out and loan to start with, that's really bad, isn't it? How do we, how do I, how do all of us overcome this? See, it's not gonna do any of us any good if I'm always preaching from up here and, and, and never let you know some of the stuff I go through. You know one reason Joyce Meyer is, uh, ministers to so many people? 
is because everybody can pretty much relate to her. We, we deal with these things. What are you going to have to do? What does verse 3 of chapter 26 say? You're going to have to keep your mind what? Stayed on God. And I've, I've learned this, where there is no peace, there is no faith. You can't be in faith and in, and, and, and in, in, in turmoil at the same time. Did you understand that? It's impossible to be in faith and, and, and in turmoil at the same time. And if you're in turmoil and if there's no peace there, I'll guarantee you this, there's no faith there. You need to understand that. Where there is no peace, there is no faith. Now, to receive from God, you're going to have to be in faith. Is that right? So if you're not in, in, in faith, you're not going to receive from God. And, and when, when, when I'm in one of those, oh my gosh, ah, I'm not in faith. Is that right? So we have to keep our mind fixed on him. Look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5, King James Version. 2 Corinthians 10.5, King James Version. This is an excellent scripture. It goes right along with this. And I like the way that King James says this. Casting down imaginations. Has your imagination ever run wild? I just told you, mine, mine does. I don't need to go through it again. You got it, didn't you? You understand it? I need to give you some more examples. So those imaginations, what does the Bible tell us to do? Cast them what? Cast them down. And what's that next word? Did it say some or a few? It said every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Didn't we just read where to stay in in the peace and to have it multiplied? You're going to have to have the knowledge of God. And here it says that we cast down imaginations. And believe me, most people's imaginations can run wild like mine. But, and then when you get the devil helping, it, it, it just gets worse, doesn't it? So, so those things you need to cast, cast, we all need to cast these imaginations down and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, what's that next word? Did it say a few? Or did it say every? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And when you're freaking out, ah, you know that you don't have and I don't have every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. One thing that I have learned that it does help me, I've learned as words bring thoughts into obedience. Because people say, well, how do I do that? I've learned this words outrank thoughts. Just because a thought runs through, you know devil, the devil can run thoughts through your head. Just because a thought runs through doesn't mean it's yours. I like what one preacher said years ago. He said, we cannot keep a bird from flying over our head, but we can keep it from building a nest in our hair. Is that right? So, so, so thoughts, the Bible calls them fiery darts of the wicked one. The devil can, can throw thoughts through your, through, your, through, through your brain. But when a thought comes, how do, you, how do you cast a thought down? How do you bring it captive? Speak the word of God. 
Uh, here's an example. Thought comes, I'm going to chew your body out with cancer. Well, what do you? That, that's not my thought. That's, that came from the devil. It comes running through. It didn't come down. And, the devil doesn't speak to you down here. God speaks to you down here. Where does the devil speak to you? Right here. So that I'm going to chew your body up with cancer. Uh, then what you do is, or what I do is, and, 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 and this, this is the only thing that, that, that helps and works. Uh, he himself bore my sickness, talking about Jesus, and carried my disease. And with his stripes, I am healed. See, so the, the thought the devil throws through there is going to rob you of your peace. Is that right? But when you declare the word of God out of your mouth, now you've brought that thought captive, you've taken it captive, you've cast it down, and you've declared what you believe, and that will help you. Did you get, did you get that? The devil come send a thought through. Sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's just your mind, your imagination. Uh, you know, I don't know how, I, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to pay, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know, you know. But if you're, if you're faithful to God in finances and you're a tither and a giver, now this doesn't apply to you if you're not a tither and a giver. God has no responsibility to corrupt. He gets a hold of my tongue here. He has no responsibility to provide for you if you're not faithful to him attending a local church and you're a tither. Do you understand that? I don't need your money. I'm, we're doing just fine. But I'm just telling you that, that you, you, you cannot believe God. He will not, he is not obligated to provide for you if you do not, if you're not faithful in, 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 to his house in tithing. Do you understand that? Yeah, the tithing's not for today. I don't have time to argue with that kind of ignorance. Boy, this anointing came on me. Get bold all of a sudden. But if you're faithful to be a tither and a giver, did you hear what I just said? And 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 and, and it's not and, and then it's not enough just to be a tither and a giver. You got to do some natural things right in finances. You can't run your charge card up with a gazillion dollars on it and then expect God to pay it off miraculously. Do you understand that? If you're doing everything you know to do in the natural and supernatural and you lose your job or something happens and the thoughts start and the peace starts leaving, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, then you take that thought captive by out of your mouth. You declare that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? There's a lot of people want to grab that scripture. That only applies to people that are faithful to support the work of God. But, but, but if you lose your job and you've been faithful to the things of God, then the thoughts start coming. Oh, oh, they're going to take my house. They're going to take my car. They're going to take this. They're going to take that. What can you do? You can stand up and take that, take authority over that and say, my, realize, say this, say, my God, my God. shall supply, supply all of my need. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Did you get that? And that will return to peace. A few more of these. John 14, 27. Let's go back there. Now I'll, I'll begin to close this up. Jesus, now we started with this scripture. And this, I've learned this. It's up to us whether or not we're, we, we're going to keep the peace of God. Does God want us to have it? 
It's up to us whether or not we keep it. Look at John 14, 27. We started with this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. And then notice what that next word is. What's that next word? L-E-T. What does that spell? Let not your heart be troubled. Neither what? Let it be afraid. Now, is that up to God or is that up to you? That's up to you. I said, that's up to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Does he want your heart to be troubled? No, he wants you to have peace. Does he want your heart to be afraid? No, that's up to you. That let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Whether or not we walk in the peace of God is up to us. Look at Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. Look at this. Colossians 3.15. And what's that next word? L-E-T. What does that spell? And let, let the what? The peace of God rule in your hearts. Who's, who, who's responsible for that happening? It's up to us, isn't it? Let the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's up to you. That's up to me. So when the letter comes that they want to take another picture from, you know, from the doctor or the phone call comes or the boss wants to talk to you or, or whatever it is, it's up to us. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And take those thoughts captive with the word of God. Let the peace of God rule. See, God wants the peace of God to rule in our hearts. So, but it's up to us. To which also you were called in one body and be what? And be thankful. Something else that I've learned that has helped me is that when those thoughts come and, and, and I'm in one of those turmoil moments, it just get real thankful for, just get real thankful for what you do have. Amen. You know, that, get real thankful. Well, you know what? Um, uh, just get real thankful. Uh, you know what? They, 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 they just want to take another picture. They, they didn't call and tell, tell me there was a mass or a, or a distortion in my body. They just want to take another picture. Thank God that that's all it is. Thank God that that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? I've seen people lose their peace because the boss asked them to work an extra shift. <gasps> I'm already working so much and now he wants me to work an extra shift. Oh, Hey. Get real thankful. Hey, I got a job. I got a job. There's a lot of people who don't have to be real thankful. That'll help. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Look at Philippians 4, 6. And we'll, we'll close. Philippians 4, 6. Be, what's the next word? Anxious for a few things. There's a couple of things we can be anxious for. Is that what the Bible said? It says, be anxious for nothing. Now, does that mean, now this is going to be pretty bizarre and pretty extreme, but does that mean that if they send a letter from the, the uh, doctor's office that they've taken, the, they wanted another picture, you, went, you had another picture taken, and now the results have come back and they've given you six months to live. That's pretty extreme, isn't it? The Bible says, be Anxious for? Now that's a lot easier said than done, but is it doable? It is, because if it wasn't, he would have never said we could do it. Six months to live. Whew, well, I got six months to go. I got six months to receive my healing from God. Hallelujah, because with long life, he'll satisfy me. 
Whose report is greater, the doctor's or God's? How many of you know there's been some people over the years that the doctor said they had to die and they changed it and they got with God. Is that right? And they got with God and they changed it. Is that right? How many of you know that's right? I, I mean, people that, 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 that uh, they, they're supposed to die and they're still alive today. I think of Hezekiah. Think about this. Hezekiah, remember him from the Old Testament? God said he was going to die. Remember? He sent Isaiah over there to tell him, set your house in order, you're going to live and you're going to die and not live. Is that right? How many remembers that? Mm -hmm. And God said he had to die and he changed it, didn't he? It's one thing when when the doctor tells you you got to die. It's a whole other thing when God tells you you're going to die and he changed it. How did he change it? By repenting. By repenting. And he changed a bad report. Can you say amen? Amen. Be anxious for, for what? For what? For nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And, And when you do that, when I do that, the what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will do what? Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's read this in the Message Bible. It'll be on the screen. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, fill your mind with the best, not the worst. In other words, think the good, not the bad. The beautiful, not the ugly. The things to praise, not things to curse. That pretty well sums it up. Did you get anything out of this today? Did you or didn't you? Did you know that that, uh, in a service when when somebody's teaching, did you know that the crowd affects what the Holy Spirit can do through the minister? Did you know that? Did you ever notice Jesus at times had to take people away from the crowd before he could minister to them? Did you ever notice that? When you come to church, come hungry, ready, amen. Sit there and draw, draw out of me what's on the inside. Did you hear me? Never sit to tolerate, sit to get all you can out of it. Amen? Did you hear what I just said? Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Amen. I have this song here, Peace in the Valley. Have you ever heard that? Some of it's scriptural, some of it isn't. Did you ever ever notice that? Pastor Diane's class on Wednesday night will teach you about that, but 
says, I'm tired and so weary, but, but I must go alone. Well, how many, till the Lord comes and calls, calls me away. How many of you know that we can get tired and weary, but we don't have to go alone? Jesus said he'd never leave us or forsake us. But how many of you know the Lord is gonna come call us away? Isn't that right? How many is looking forward to that? It goes on, says, well, the morning's so bright and the lamp is alight and the night is as black as a sea. How many of you have ever been where it seemed like things are just dark? But there'll be peace in the valley for me someday. Well, you don't have to wait for someday. Peace is available right now. Can you say amen? amen? There'll be peace in the valley for me. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see. See, in this world, there's going to be sadness. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be some trouble. But if we'll meditate on him and stay close to him and walk close to God, we can have the peace of God and we can be overcomers. Is that right? How many of you know we don't have to wait till that day? We can have peace now. And then it goes on to say where the bear will be gentle and the wolves will be tame and the lion will lay down with the lamb and the beast from the wild will be led by a child and I'll be changed from this creature that I am. How many of you are looking forward to that day? Somebody says, Pastor Terry, what lay ahead? What lay ahead for for?" This nation, what lay ahead for us? What lay ahead? Well, you know, I don't know all the details, but there's one thing I do know, that things, according to the word of God, aren't gonna get a whole lot better out in the world. The world's just gonna keep getting darker and darker and darker. And more churches are gonna be coming just more and more like the world. How many of you know when you come to church, you should come, like she said a while ago, to worship and put something into worship, not get something out of it? How many of you know worship services shouldn't be rock concerts they should be where you come to worship the Lord. Is that right? Is that right? Can you say amen? And much we could say about that, but, but things out in the world is just gonna get darker and darker and darker. But I wanna be, uh, I, I, I wanna be as a member of the body of Christ and as a church, I wanna get, get, I wanna get brighter. How about you? Say brighter. brighter. Yeah, and if we'll walk with God and stay in the word of God, things don't get darker, they get brighter. Out in the world, they get darker. But if you'll stay close to God, things can get brighter and brighter and brighter. Can you say amen? amen. What's gonna happen in the Middle East? It's a mess over there. Read your Bible. It's not gonna get any better. It's gonna be a mess. But one day, I know the Lord's gonna come and catch us away. Can you say Amen. And once the church is caught up, is things really going to get bad? I don't want to be here one five minutes after the rapture of the church. I don't believe in the rapture. Well, then you just stay and you can deal with the Antichrist, okay? But I'm going to believe the Bible and be caught up. Real loud, say caught up. Yeah, praise God. I know there's a man going to arise, Antichrist, you know. He's going to do a lot of things to bring peace, but then he's going to do a lot of evil things. But eventually, Jesus is going to come back. Can you say Amen. And he's going to set up a millennial reign. He's going to reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. I know that from the word of God. I believe that. And he'll rule with a rod of iron. And there'll be peace on earth in that day. And not until he reigns from Jerusalem for that thousand years will you see peace on earth. But thank God we can have the peace of God. We can have the peace of God right now. If you don't have it, you can get it before you leave. Can you say amen? Stand with me if you would, and I'm going to dismiss you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The Bible says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, 
then you don't have peace with God. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, before you leave here today, walk up here to the front as soon as we dismiss. There'll be some men and women standing up here and tell them you want to have peace with God. And if you'll pray with a repentant heart to receive Jesus, he'll come into your heart. You'll have